Hi, Tracy. Hi. Hey, everybody. So, uh, yeah, welcome. Um, I'm so glad that you came to hear about this, um, this exciting journey that Tracy and I have been on for 19 years now. Yeah, and uh, I always knew what it was, babe. <laughs> but um, anyway, we, um, we're very excited to uh, spend some time with you uh, just talking about marriage. But I wanted, I wanted to kind of kick it off by saying this is not just for married people. Uh, this is, we definitely want to, you know, talk with married people. We want to talk about marriage, uh, God's plan for marriage and all. But we also want to talk to those of you who are, maybe you've been married, you're not married now, or are single. Uh, maybe you're going into a marriage or, or maybe not considering marriage whatsoever. Maybe you just want to live your life, uh, you know, as God made you. And uh, I'm really not kidding. I mean, uh, that's okay. That's a plan that one of plan, God's plans too. A couple ladies, you're going, no. Um, but we're going to talk about all of it. And um, we really are looking forward to this as far as uh, Tracy and I. I will tell you something. Every time we do this, I, you know, I get before the Lord, I'm like, what do you want me to talk about? And every time the same thing comes up. I always just think about how cool Tracy is every time. I really do. It's like, oh, and she's like this and she's like that. So it's good for us, too. It's good to remind us, you know, uh, just how wonderful it is to be in marriage. Even on the way over here, it was, he was like, you know, John, um, think about all the marriage stuff you've gone to. It's always like. That was just so hard, and when the storms come, and it's, oh my gosh, and, but you can get through by the grace of God, and I'm like, wait a minute, can we just tell fun stories about the good times we had? Remember that time we are up on the... Can we get an amen? That's part three, honey, when we go into the. All right, he just broke it, twisted the knob off, and threw it away. Oh. Thank you, Melinda. Much better, thank you. <laughs> this is perfect. All right, so we're going yeah, we're going to tell stories. For the next four sessions of all the fun we've had. Remember that time we were up in Colorado? Yeah. We were uh, walking through those wildflowers. They were about this tall. We had sand yeah. behind us, you know, which was offspring from a holy marriage. Yeah. Anyway, uh, too bad he's not here today. Yeah, it was a great time. We've had so much fun. We have. We've we've laughed and we've cried. We cried a lot and laughed a lot. Laughed a lot. I know, but we want to be honest, really. But each one of you, um, just to do some housekeeping, each one of you got one of these. So this is really exciting. Now, I want to talk to all the single ladies in the house, and I feel like I should sing that to the single ladies. Anyway, um, I want to talk to all the single people. I, I want you to fill this out because it's really important what you carry in your heart and the, the, the dreams that you have for marriage, the dreams that you have for 
what you want your marriage to look like. And we'll go a little bit into that later, but this is homework. <clears throat> so we're going to do this for four weeks. And this is participate, we're going to participate with you in this. The last uh, session, we're going to have kind of a question and answer time where you can text your questions in, and these will be anonymous. And so whatever it is that you want to ask us about love, sex, marriage, friendship, dating, whatever it is, you know, let's just get it out in the open, you know, or, you know, what do you do? How do you fight? How do you do all of that? And we're going to cover a lot of that here. Um, I, let me go through kind of quickly and just tell you a little bit about um, the things that we're going to cover just to kind of let you know what to expect. Uh, we're going to talk today about God's plan for marriage. Um, and then we're going to talk about um, next week. Um, we're going to tell our story next week. We're going to tell our testimonies um, and, and just some things. And all throughout this, we're going to tell you some of our struggles, you know, the things that we struggled with the things that uh, were difficult for us so you could learn from our failures and um, then we're going to tell you about some things that we did right and that you can benefit from as well. Um, we're going to talk next week um, about our testimony. We're going to talk about the word submit, um, that six-letter word. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Um, and then the other five-letter word, which is honor, um, both of them good. Um, we're going to talk about prophecies, goals, and agreements. Um, we're going to talk about communication, uh, conflict resolution. Um, then the last week, uh, we're going to talk about sex, love, and the time to enjoy the moment. Oh, oh, you know, come on. We need to seriously have some sex talk, <laughs> right? If the church doesn't have a healthy understanding about a sexual relationship, then what happens is when the enemy comes in and tries to manipulate or twist what God made to be beautiful, then we don't know what the truth is, right? And so we just need to have those conversations. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, deliverance. Um, and so that's also a part of marriage. That's why God puts you with your mate. <laughs> Not all of the reason that God put you with your mate, but a lot of it. To get deliverance. To get deliverance. You know, if you want deliverance, get married. It's really true. You know, um, marriage can bring up things um, in a person that uh, in, some, in some cases, I know you're not going to believe this, but in some cases you may find that you're selfish. And then you get married. <laughs> anyway, it'll be an interesting journey. I hope you enjoy it. We're, uh, as you know, we like to cut up and have fun, so uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, so I want to start by reading something um, that Chris Valentin posted on his blog about marriage. He said, marriage means to merge. Some people marry but never merge. Independence, fear, mistrust, selfishness, and unforgiveness become impregnable walls of division, a force field of indiscretion. When the mystery of matrimony is nullified, marriage is reduced to a mere partnership where agreements are exchanged, duties assigned, and territories surveyed. 
Yet the unyielding wonder of one love, one body, one spirit longs for expression. This passion for intimacy and need for connection woos us into the vortex of sacrifice where we finally experience life. The climax of marriage is experienced when we lay down our rights and take up our cross. So instead, this is from me, instead of books on how to live your best life today <clears throat> or how to survive life, it needs, you need to be reading books, how to die to your life so Christ can live his dream through you. I might have to write that. This is the Genesis dream which lies in the heart of the father, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Yeah, uh, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you will, to, let's see where we are. Genesis 27. Let's start there. All right, so God's been busy on five days, right? So he's busy, 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 and he's, he's creating all creation. So he's like, hey, you know, I made the stars, I made the sun, I made the sky, I made the heavens, I made the earth. Woo! I made those four-legged creatures I made all the herbs, I made all the trees, I made the birds, you know. So he's like, it's been a busy five days. So then he gets to, um, he gets to the sixth day, and drum roll, it says that in verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Man and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and take, have dominion over the earth. Now, so within Adam, within man, within Adam, was Eve. So when he created Adam, he created Adam with both of God's traits, with both of God's traits. One of his traits were feminine, and the other one was masculine. So he had both of the masculine and feminine traits of himself or image of himself within Adam. And so there Adam was, both male and female, and God breathed his breath or his spirit into him, and he became a living being. And so he began to walk around, and God was like, hey, this is good. This is good. Look at everything I've created now. It's really good. And then on the seventh day, he rested, and he was like, man, this is amazing. And so Adam gets busy. You know, he's naming the animals and everything, and God's like, and Adam's like, hey, God, you know, there's no one like me. Everyone has a counterpart. 
but I don't have a counterpart to me. And so the Lord was like, hmm, the only thing that God said that wasn't good is that man should be alone or that man should be alone, but yet he had his bride within him. And so he put Adam to sleep and he pulled the feminine version of himself, of God, out. And so he sewed him up. And so man became fully man, masculine man. And then you had God as, and the feminine version of God who was fully the feminine version of God as a woman. And he said, he said, whoa, man, she's so beautiful. I think that's woman, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so, so now you've got, and he said this, and then he goes on and he said, listen, the two were one. The two were one within one body. And then God took him and he divided them out so that man would not be alone and he could have what he calls a helpmate. That word helpmate, the Hebrew of that word that is used there, because most people think, well, it's, it's woman and she's less than because she was created second and she's less than, she's the submissive one. But, but that, that word helpmate, where it was used here in Genesis, that's the only place that it was used for man and wife. In the other places, that word was used for God and man. So that word is a word of companionship, friendship, of, of where God said, you, I'm making you in my image. Now I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to help you. How many times do we know in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit is called our helper? And so God is like, I'm here as your helpmate to walk together with you so you can be successful in life. And so God said, I've taken out a helper for you that is in my image, but she is fully feminine. She is a fully an expression of the, of the, um, um, the sorge love, the female love, that soft, intuitive side of God which now you are going to, was it was within you, but now has been taken and is now outside of you. And then he goes on to say, Adam says this, which is, I believe, a prophecy. He begins to prophesy that, that man will now leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. In other words, put the two back together again in marriage. And, and uh, if you think about it, you know, that's why it's so important to protect uh, marriage itself. It's male and female coming together. Um, and, uh, and in Malachi, if you, if you go to Malachi 2.15, I'll read it for you. But he was talking about, he was actually bringing some correction early on. And uh, he said, because the Lord has witnessed between you and the wife of your youth, uh, w with whom you have dealt treacherously. So number one, look, God sees how we treat our spouse. And he's very interested in that. He's very um, engaged in your life, in your marriage. So he's watching, looking at that. And if we deal treacherously with the one that we are becoming one with, it's like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer, basically. It's like taking the other side of yourself 
and destroying it. And uh, you think about, you know, autoimmune disease where the body fights itself. It's no different in, in the spiritual realm when you're, when you're, when the two become one and you fight with one another, you're basically fighting with yourself. Does that make sense? It's very important then if we are going to take a wife or a husband that uh, we co-labor as helpmates and we move forward together instead of the power struggle and all the other things that we'll, we'll visit about. But God was bringing correction. He was saying, first of all, you know, don't deal treacherously. In other words, keep secrets and, and hold yourself back and not give yourself fully. Treacherously is, is uh, that's, those are some of the words that describe uh, treacherously. But what he's looking for is that intimacy that a oneness would, would bring. Intimacy, male and female, coming together, completing the atom. And if you think about it, completing the way the Godhead is, Father God has every kind of love. Think about it. He has that nurturing, storge type love. He has every kind of love within him. He has agape love. He has all of the different ones. The agape love means there's nothing back. I mean, just loves you because he loves you. It's important to know that because really marriage is a picture of, of love. And so the, the scriptures uh, are rife with the word love and, and the description of marriage uh, being lovely and loving. And so we're, as we go forward, Malachi 2.15, you want to read this right here? It said, um, is that this part right here? Okay. <clears throat> it said, God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. This is, um, so guard the spirit of the marriage within you. Malachi 2.15. That's a message Bible. So what is the spirit of the thing? It's like having an agreement and, um, you know, you can have an agreement and follow the rules and still not have the spirit of that agreement. You can go uh, kicking and screaming. You can be an obedient son but not be a good son. Are you all with me? That the spirit of it is what are we really in it for? Uh, it's our heart engaged. Are we really giving ourselves to this? Or are we more like, um, well, let's look at it this way. Like I'm in a business world, and a con we use contracts to describe the relationships. Um, if I'm going to provide a service, we have a contract. And the contract says that you must stay within the confines of that contract. If you go outside of it, I have the right to terminate it. A contract is actual contract. It contracts. It's contractual. Yeah, it uh, divides. Yeah, a contract is, is, uh, is limiting. Whereas the Lord always speaks in terms of what? Covenant. So what's covenant? It's the spirit of the thing. It's like I don't care what happens and things are going to happen we're going to do this together. We're going to work it out together. We don't know what's coming out of that gate, but we're going to tackle it yeah. together. Yeah, and it's the oneness. And the sp in the spirit of marriage and, and holding tight the spirit of marriage and, and understanding what, it's, what it is to value, not just the fact that you're married and you're together. Okay, we live together. We eat together. We do things together. But the spirit of the marriage, what that oneness does is that oneness creates multiplication. Because the Lord said, I want you to take dominion, not of one another. I want you to take dominion of the earth. And so the oneness, what that does is it helps 
multiply. He said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And so when we are, are guarding the spirit of our marriage and we are growing in, in love and we're growing in this oneness, what happens is we notice that everything else around us begins to multiply and be fruitful. So our children, our finances, and, and we begin to take the city. The kingdom of God is advanced because there is, we're bringing glory to God through the oneness of, this, of the spirit of this marriage. So a lot of times you may have, <clears throat> by being uh, the two becoming one, the Lord also says uh, that, I mean, he's right in the details of your marriage, and he says on purpose... A three-stranded cord, it's not easily broken. Who's the third strand? He is. So we have, uh, we have not only one another to help do this life, but we also have the Holy One. We have the one who knows all things. We have the one who has all resources at hand. We have the one that loves us with an everlasting love, and he'll never quit and he'll never leave. So it's important to, like, to set the stage for this, and you're like, oh, my gosh, who can live up to that? Well, I really believe that we can, and I really believe that it's through the submission to the one who has all the answers and made us in the first place, the one whose air we breathe, that submission to his word and doing it God's way to the best of our abilities is the only way, I believe, to have an enriching uh, experience in marriage. Yeah, you know, guarding the spirit of marriage is very important, especially in the culture that we live in today. Did you know that um, among the people that get married, 50% of them end up in divorce? 50%. And that, that percentage is the same in the church. So it's like, are we not doing it right? No, we're not doing it right. There's something that we're not doing right because th the, this is supposed to be the picture of Christ and his church. This is the mystery of God. And so this is, this is the, the, he created the, the man and the woman and talked about in, the, in his original plan, the first institution was marriage in his original plan. And so it is the thing that the enemy is trying to come against. So it is so important that we understand how to do this. So if 50% of the church is divorcing, that number actually goes down to 38% to those that are attending church on a regular basis. And then it even goes down more for, for, for married couples that pray together. So, so it's really important to have God in the center because it's like a hedge around our marriage where, where we know that we're connected to the body, we're connected to the head, and we're connected to one another through praying together. Yeah, it's so important to have a body of believers um, that you can pray with and that you can tell things to and that you can, um, you know, just get it all out with. And uh, so I want to, you know, if you're taking notes, I, I really want to encourage you. Do you have someone that you can speak about your life with? You know, obviously, Tracy and I, uh, we love to meet with you, but, you know, we're only two people. I know we can't, we're not a, you know, a resource for everybody all the time, and that's the way life happens, right? You know, it happens at 1 a.m. on a s Sunday, you know. So we, we, um, I just want to encourage you, uh, there are elders in the church, there are many great examples of marriages, and, and the, the, elders, uh, the, the elders of marriage uh, 
here in the church, the ones that you admire their marriages would be good people to talk to. But let me say this, um, just, just while we're on this, have you noticed the powerful marriages of our young couples in this church? That we have great examples of young parents and of great marriages right here and I can tell you, in, in being the pastors of this church, many of you came from broken homes and, and really have not had the Lord's uh, best for marriage represented to you yet through the study of the word, through getting deep, uh, really surrendering your, your marriage and your life to him. You have great marriages. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you what, there's nothing worse than having a, a hard marriage. Because it's, it's something you live with every day. And so this is, it's so important to try to get this right. And there are always second chances for everybody. Like if you've been, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but everybody hits a wall. Everybody, every single marriage, I don't know one marriage that doesn't hit a wall. When you hit a wall, basically you have a couple of choices when you hit a wall. And most of the time, people hit the wall, and then they turn to their spouse and say, if, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in all this pain, or I wouldn't be in all of this whatever. And he's like, if it wasn't for her, you know, so th that's when the finger pointing starts, because there's a wall there. But the truth is, is that the wall is an invitation from the Lord to actually go to a higher level of love. And so typically, what we do, and we'll talk about this uh, like tomorrow. Say, I'm skipping ahead. Honey, get me an axe and a shovel. <laughs> and she goes and gets the tools and we break it down together. Don't we, we do break it down together. We're like, oh, it's the wall. But before we realize that that's what that was, we turn on each other going, you know, if it wasn't for you, I could get to my destiny and I could be blah, 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 because that's what we think, right? Come on. Right? I think we're the only ones, honey. Okay. The rest of them are like, we never do that. All right. All right. Let's move on. All right. So I'm going to read some scripture out of uh, Matthew 19. So uh, the Pharisees were talking to Jesus, and so they thought they would catch him um, by talking to him about marriage. And so um, Matthew 19, verse 3, one day the Pharisees were badgering him and asked this question, is it legal for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? He, uh, Jesus answered, haven't you read in the Bible? Oh, and this is out of the Message Bible. Haven't you read in your Bible that the Creator originally made man and woman for each other, male and female? And because of this, a man leaves his father and mother and is firmly bonded to his wife, becoming one flesh, no longer two bodies but one. Because God created this organic union of two sexes, no one should desecrate his art by cutting them apart. Organic union is something that grows by itself. It's, it's something that um, has life in it. Mm -hmm. An organic union. Nothing um, artificial. It has nothing artificial that's been introduced to it. And for that type of unit that, uh, union that the Lord's describing there, it is male and female. I mean, we didn't write this. It just, there it is. The Lord did. And so we can argue against that, but. Uh, it's going to be an incomplete picture. It's yeah. going to be an incomplete union. God gets to define it. Yes, he does. He's the one that created it. And, and really, um, again, the whole world is looking for the truth of what marriage looks like so that, the, so that God can receive his glory. And that's really what we all live for is for the glory of God to be seen through our lives. 
And so, um, I really think a lot of times uh, that when marriage has been mis misrepresented a lot, people have seen, I think there are a lot of that, uh, people that are hopeless. Uh, they're like, why even do that? Let's just live together and see if it works out. You know that? There's a lot of that going on right now. It's just like, let's just live together, you know. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, we might get married someday. Let's do this for six or eight years, and we'll, you know, see what else is happening at that time, and then we can discuss it again. <laughs> right. I'm always like, ladies, really? Let's talk about this. That but, is not a good plan. That is not a good life plan. Well, like Tracy always says, he said, well, why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? No, that's not what I say. That's oh. what you say. Now, okay, let's get this straight from the beginning. John is the farmer, okay? I think you got me on that one. He always says to me, honey, I would rather bridle a racehorse than whip a donkey when he's talking about me. And I'm always like, thanks? I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, John-isms. You see, the thing about this organic union, though, is this organic union was created by God to grow. Things that are organic, they grow. I mean, how many of you shop at Whole Foods, right? The pay twice as much for everything store, right? Because it's organic. I was like, I can go get some stuff out of a, spray a little manure in my backyard and be like, it's organic. Well, the manure would be anyway. <laughs> Of course, he knows I have no idea what I'm talking about because I've never gardened in my life. Help, mate. Help, mate. All right, but here's the thing. So this is a constant process, marriage, a constant process of tilling the garden, tilling the soil, this organic thing that God created, but he calls it art. It's art. This thing that he created, he's like, don't desecrate this. This is my beautiful creation. I spent a lot of time developing each one of you for each other. And so when you get together, it's like there's a song that happens. It's like there's a painting that happens. This is the most beautiful art. It's like, you know, for us... I really believe that we're like, what is that art in the um, Roman temple? There's the one, the Roman, not Roman, in Rome, in the Vatican. Um, Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel. That's what this is. That's what I think this is. Seriously? I was going more for David out in the statue. And <laughs> <clears throat> no. It's all art, honey. Okay. Anyway. He made two sexes, male and female, husband and wife, man and woman, because here's the truth. Our differences make us one. Our differences make us one. And I, and I, have, the, I have a whiteboard here, if you guys will just bear with me. By the way, can, I love this whiteboard at Baruch Hashem. I don't know if I can, if, when I leave here, this whiteboard's going with me. Okay, they're going to be like, where was that whiteboard? And the Lord sh said, thou shalt not steal. <laughs> okay, so here is, here's a circle, okay? All right, now, here are all of these gifts and talents in this circle, Okay. So John has been uniquely and beautifully made by the Lord. The Bible says that he has been gifted by God 
with with s different gifts, you know. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> Humor. No. Thank you. Um, no, I mean he's a teacher. He's a prophet. He's um, he's a pastor. He's so pastoral, you know. So there's certain qualities that he has. I don't want to fall off this little stage. Um, I'll be like, faster down. Anyway, so he's got all of this. And then I have all of these other qualities, like I'm loud, you know, I'm... Prophecy. Also, uh, your giftings are changing, too. Uh, teacher, definitely. Uh, but also, she's become a lot more pastoral. Have you seen that over the last few years? Isn't she? Yeah. Okay, so that's not like in the middle. Get her name over there, will you? Where are the O's? Okay. So, so this is, John and I are one. Here's the beauty of marriage. The beauty of marriage, that's why everybody should desire, I think, marriage. I mean, some people are like, hey, you know, it's just me and the Lord, which is cool. Anyway, um, so this is, this is Tracy and this is John. Look at all of what John has that now I get to participate in. Because we've become one, look at all of what his gifts, his talents. Now I get to utilize those in my life, and everything that he has becomes mine. And everything that I have becomes his. And so we become this increased, multiplied, beautiful, mm -hmm. big. Don't you like big? I mean, we're in Texas, and I go to Whataburger. I love big. They're like, here's, here's a supersized fry, and I'm like, give me another. <laughs> It's not enough. I want, I want the whole thing. I want the whole enchilada. I want the whole burrito. Come on, everybody, work with me. Uh, I can't think of any more. I want the whole. So <laughs> we'll leave that right there. All right, let's go to the. Uh, I want that whole diamond, ladies. Come on, right? Wow. Who are we advertising for here? Whoa. It's the blue stone, honey. I didn't know we were skipping ahead to when the guy gets the girl. But, guys, this works. Get the biggest one you can. <laughs> Get out on your knee. We'll go ahead and yeah, go the there. the biggest girl you can. That's how we, you know. Why not? <laughs> yes. More love. The biggest diamond. Anyway, big diamonds, down on the knee. Meet the parents first. Out to coffee a couple times, maybe dinner or two. And bye. Open the doors. It's a piece of cake. It's no problem at all. Okay, um, now we've got that whole week, uh, with that whole section, we covered it right yeah, there. Yeah, we did. That's what I told Matthew, and look, he got the girl. All uh, right, so I want to do this one right here. So, it's our, so male and female, image bearers that look different because we have different functions, but our differences is what unites us. Here's the thing. I don't want to be a man. I don't want to be masculine. I don't want to take control. I don't want to be the head of my family. The Bible's very clear who the head of my family is. Uh, and John, he doesn't want to be the woman, you know? And he doesn't want to be, right? You're right, honey. <laughs> so this is a good thing. So it's, it's really good to get that order because this is the perfect representation. I don't want to take over his job. I don't want to be... The man. I just want to be fully feminine, fully who I'm created to be, 
And, and the beauty of, of headship, um, and we're going to talk about this more next week, but the beauty of headship is that headship is something that provides a covering. Headship is not, was never given for dominion, right? Headship was never given for control, but headship was given for protection. And it's, John just does that so well. Well, Christ uh, demonstrated that, you know. He's the head of the church, so he gave his life for us. So it's a, it's a laying down, actually, that, that you, you know, you're built up through laying down. It's the most uh, uncommon thing to think of. Uh, if, you're, if you're asking the world, they're like, that's dumb. I mean, don't, don't do that. But you actually lay down your life to have it. It's interesting. But the thing, uh, through the laying down, basically what you're doing is you're trusting the Lord, laying down your life. But you're also, like, uh, as men, we're, we're commanded to lay down our lives for our wives. And, um, and when that happens, um, you will see uh, a woman grow. You will see a woman grow in, you know, all that God has for her. And, uh, and you know, that's, that should be our mission as men is to, uh, you know, lead that household where those involved in the household can grow. Yeah, and, and one of the things that, um, and just my experience, and I just think this is the way God made us, but as women, single women, um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we feel like we have to fight for ourselves and fight for our rights or fight, you know, to try to survive and try to, and then when we get married, it's wonderful when you have a husband who understands headship that says, I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you. And it's weird because it causes that fight to, to go away. And you kind of just melt into him realizing that he's, he's, he's brought a safe place. The Lord has given you a man that has a safe place for you and for your heart. And it's, it's not just when you're, you know, in your 20s and you're looking so fine and you're, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when you're in the broken place of really weakness and you don't look so good, you know, you don't feel so good. You're, you're insecure or you're going through a hard season. That he is that safe covering, that safe place, and provides a place for you to continue to grow and, and be messy and, and be whatever. But he provides that strength for you. to, And that's what John has done so well. And he's demonstrated headship um, in a way that has allowed me to become who God's created me to be. And see, there would be... No Tracy Eckert today. There would be no storehouse today. I would not be an executive pastor of a church today if it weren't for the strength and the covering of John Eckert. You know, so, so it's not, headship was never for domination. It was never for control over a woman. But it was, God created it so that he could help her become the fullness of who she was created to be. And likewise, if you, if you take uh, Tracy, has always spoken uh, affirming words. Ever since we got together, she would um, basically prophesy uh, who I was or, you know, basic, basically it would be like giving me a great reputation to live up to. Like she prophesy uh, the higher thing, the better thing, even if I'm not walking in the out. Um, and there have been many times that that's been true. But you prophesied as if it were, kind of like the Lord does. Like he calls you out to what you, who you really are, not 
what you're living up to right now. But when a woman honors you, gentlemen, I want to just get the men to shake your head if you, if you agree. When a woman honors you, suddenly, oh, you're a little taller than you were yesterday. You just begin to, <laughs> whoa, I, you know, you start filling uh, out the mold that the Lord made for you. And, uh, and honestly, uh, if you have a, an overbearing woman or a woman that tries to take the man's place to be the same as man, you'll see one or two things happen, divorce, fireworks of some kind, or you will see a lot of times the man will be shriveled up over in the corner, you know, just with his mouth shut, you know. You know so, uh, so a lot of times, uh, you know, a domineering woman that's like a Jezebel spirit woman can take over a situation. She's like, my husband's just not getting it done. Get out of the way. I'll show you how it's supposed to be. And I'm just as good as any man, you know, that type of thing. But that's not the spirit. Like going back to the spirit of the marriage, a man's got to step up and do his, his deal and those words are what he rides on. If you want your man to be 10 feet tall and good looking, you've got to keep, um, you know, prophesying that, right? And, and he'll try. He'll try a lot more. Yeah. He really will. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, where are we? Um, Five foot 11, but I'm still trying for the 10 <laughs> feet. <clears throat> keep prophesying, will you? Um, I want to continue in Matthew 19 um, because he's talking about, you know, the two becoming one, Jesus is. And the Pharisees shot back this rebuttal. If that's so, why did Moses give instructions for divorce papers and divorce procedures? Jesus said, Moses provided for divorce as a concession to your hard-heartedness. But it is not part of God's original plan. I'm holding you to the original plan and holding you liable for adultery if you divorce your faithful wife and then marry someone else. I make an exception in the cases where the spouse has committed adultery. And so uh, Jesus knew that they were going that he himself was going to take out their hearts of stone that were looking for an excuse for divorce, and he was going to give them a heart of flesh that fought for a reason to love. Because we have been given the Holy Spirit, which enables us and strengthens us and gives us the power to love even in the face of, of when we want to kill our spouse. How many of you have been there? Oh, come on. You're like, was I drunk when I got married? <laughs> Did somebody tell me he was wealthy or I get an you know inheritance? I don't know, but we've all had those moments where we go, okay, wait, no, come back, back into your right mind. <laughs> well, not all of them. Some of them have only been married a week. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. They okay. get just us right. again. But Jesus' disciples then said this. They were also upset. If those are the terms of marriage, then we are stuck. They're like, we're stuck. If those, I mean, because back then, you could divorce for any reason. It was just like, well, you know, she didn't take up. She didn't make me dinner. See you later. But, um, but he was saying, no, it's much more, um, it's much more um, hard now. It's hard much day. more difficult but, but here's what he was saying, and this is where many people, this is where many marriages are today, and this is, John and I, this is why we wanted to do this series, 
Because what we've experienced is, um, is that marriages are so under attack, mm -hmm. you know? And most people live in marriages where they're like, We're, I'm just stuck in this marriage. I'm stuck with this man. I'm stuck with this woman. And there's so much heartache. And that just breaks our heart to hear that, you know, because that's not, that's not the highest and the greatest and the, and the best that God has for us. There's so much more. And so it's like we felt compelled, like we have to do this because we have learned so much. And we have, we're having the time of our lives, you know. And it's not that it didn't, that it wasn't hard to get to this place, but we've learned so much about how to do it that we wanted to share that with y'all. Yeah, it's, uh, as, as you go along in life, um, if you are married, as you go along in life, your marriage grows in different ways. Like, um, you know, at first you're pretty much just, for the first year, forget it. You know, you're just so glad you can legally not feel the guilt for having sex. I mean, it's just like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? few of you do um <clears throat> anyway there's forgiveness of that the lord said as far as the east is from the west we'll have an altar up here later we'll have our <laughs> prayer team come up <clears throat> but the fact is um you know our our love has grown so much over the years in different ways like you know from infatuation to you know basically um really learning to live together and just being so grateful that uh, for one thing with me, it was my children were getting mothered. Did you know that when, I'm, when I tried to mother and father my kids, I didn't do a very good job of it. I fathered them just fine. I didn't mother them very well. And when she came on the scene, there was a whole different ballgame in my house. There was laughter like I'd never had before. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of hair dryers and a lot of emotions, believe me. Because we, uh, we have four girls... And three boys, and I'm telling you what, there was it was loud around there, and they're all as loud as Tracy. I'm telling you, but um, the laughter and the joy and the creativity and the flowers and stuff, I just the candles burning. I mean, I didn't do any. Who does that, guys? John ate cereal every night. He had like different brands of cereal, you know, like it was a thing. No, I got those. Um, those big things from Costco too, that lasagna. Oh yeah, that's right. No, you got no, they did they did Mexican TV dinners. Oh, they're the best. Those little toastitos. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. You put salt on those suckers, I'm telling you. You can't beat it. It's awesome. But um, after a while, after about second year, it's like ugh, those those again. But seriously, so many things and she couldn't get her lawnmower started of course i'd come help her with that too so we you know we we were perfect for each other we were. but anyway we'll tell you that story tomorrow or not tomorrow but next week it's it's a crazy story we're actually um writing a book one of us is <laughs> about um our marriage and just she prophesied it. did you see that guys no, no, I did not. Okay, she let's did. talk about this. Let's she just prophesied. Did Who prophesied? Who prophesied first? What did you say? Okay, I did. Okay, this is this is. It's one rule we have to tell the truth. Darn it! When John and I were dating, um, he said to me, "Someday, there's."
they're going to write books about our love. And that was, <laughs> take notes, boys. <laughs> yeah. And the ring. <laughs> and I met her parents. <clears throat> and yeah. then I got on one knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that is a good line. But, I mean, it was, <laughs> no, it wasn't a line. I mean, it was so genuine. But, th and so that's, that's been, that's been the, the um, vision for our marriage. John prophesied it, and he said it over and over. And so he set a standard for our, our marriage. And, and that's really important. Listen, married couples, you would write a vision statement if you're starting a company, wouldn't you? How much more important is it for your marriage that you have a vision for your marriage and you set the standard because if you don't know what the standard is and you fall beneath it, how are you going to know? And so when we go below that level of love, we're just like, this isn't okay. You know, we've got to get back to that. We've got to get it back up to where the place that we've set for our lives, because we deserve that. We deserve the best and the most love that we can have on this earth. Why wouldn't we commit ourselves to that? You know, what's interesting, too, is, is when that happens, when we know we're falling below, you know it when you're falling below, right, guys? And when we do that, we are back that fast. All we have to do is do a weekend uh, away together. Just no responsibility. Just the, the whole focus is on one another, and it's just we're right back there. Yeah. And so for us, that's been the deal all along is to try to um, always work in date nights, some personal time for each other. Because we live crazy lives. Tracy and I are, I mean, we're unbelievably busy. Yeah. I mean, we just go and go and go and go. Yeah, and it's But we have to have those little times that we set aside for one another. And I want to encourage the young couples, not just young, all couples in this uh, church, is um, take that time for each other. Yeah. Well, we don't have the money right now. Well, it's a lot cheaper than a divorce or counseling. Hey, and sex is really? free. I mean, come on, guys. Go make babies. You had to go there, didn't you? <clears throat> no one knew what we did on those excursions <laughs> until right now. She said we're going to be transparent, folks. There it is. I mean, now when we get, a, when we get away together, honestly, what we, we'll do is uh, we might uh, stay, just sleep in till you know, all hours of the day, and we'll, we'll literally have time to stop long enough to look at our lives and see where we need correction. We, it, it, it's, it's a way to reconnect and begin to dream again. It's like, because that's what you do together as couples. You know, when you go away for a retreat at a corporation, what do you do? Well, you're basically, hey, what's the vision again? Let's all, you know, let's get ourselves exactly. back into the place where we remember what the dreams are so we can go, okay, now, how are we going to do this? You know, what is it, what next adventure are we going to go on, you know? And it's, it's great, too, uh, you know, if you, if you plan it for your mate. Like, uh, I remember this one time. I love, I'm going to tell one little fun story. We've had so many. Tracy and I have had so many amazing experiences since we've been married. A uh, few little bumps, not many. Great experiences, many, 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 many. We've gotten to do a lot. Uh, but I remember uh, this one time uh, I was working really hard, and um, she knew it was time for one of these um, you know, getaways, 
Anyway, I got home and um, there was a key to a hotel room. And she says, don't do anything. Get in your car and drive to this address, which I did. And she put us up at the Crescent. And um, she had this phenomenal, um, she had my suit laid out on the bed, bought me a new tie. I mean, everything. Anyway, I did, I did nothing. I showed up there. And um, when I got to the room, she was gone. But she left a note, and it says, uh, meet me at the Capitol Grill. So she is at, down at the grill, and, uh, you know, I went downstairs, and, and um, there she was, I mean, sitting there waiting for me. It was a phenomenal deal. It made me feel so great, so wonderful. And, um, you know, just, just those little times like that was so special. And so we had dinner together at a beautiful place, a wonderful event. And uh, I've never forgotten that. There are many things like that uh, throughout the years. Uh, just even, you know, sometimes you didn't have any money. We'd go for a bike ride or a run together. Remember yeah. those times? Yeah. Like a lot of our anniversaries. Just as much fun. It, just as much fun. No money, money, no money, no money. It doesn't Well, matter. I actually had more fun at the other thing, but it was still. <laughs> it is. He liked that pie. It's the Capitol Grill, folks. I mean, if you've been there, they have fantastic steaks. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, the point is, I love you. So, I feel one of those weekends coming on soon. I know. <laughs> Why is he talking about that? Okay. Oh. Um, so, all right. So We're next, about done, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So we have we have <clears> an assignment <throat> for you. So uh, take the piece of paper, and I want you to get together with your wife or your husband. And um, if, if your wife or husband wasn't here, just take time this week to, to go over this and review it and, and really begin to dream with God. It's like, okay, here are the things that I'm carrying in my heart. Here's my heart's desire. And just talk that through. Write it out and, and begin to develop that for your life. Um, if I you're talk not to the married, singles. I want you to do it as well and begin to develop that for your life. God, this is, this is how I really want to live my life when, I'm, when I do get, meet the one. Singles. Um, Let's talk to the singles for a minute. I know that uh, Tracy and I, um, you know, we talk to a lot of you, and we know. What are you saying? I'm not looking at you. Well, you I'm are just, kind of looking at I'm them. I'm generally, I'm going to go like windshield wipers. I'm like here, <laughs> and then I'll be over here. And if, the, if this is pointing at you and you're single, then you'll know that I'm talking to you. Anyways, um, I want you. Why are you, I'm just looking at you because you're next. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bam. You know, the, uh, the thing is, is that whether you're married or single, if you're single now, you know, the Lord actually says it's a good thing because you're, you know, it, once you get married, you know, you're, he's like, you're going to be thinking about your husband all the time, like, you know, your affection for him and you, you two kind of look at each other, then you're going to you spend your time and your energy and your emotion on your husband. But the fact is, while you are single over in that area, I'm trying not to make eye contact. And over here. While, while you are single, it's a very good time for you to spend your time with the Lord because there are two reasons. Number one is because the Lord said to. But the other thing is there's nothing in the world that will make you more lovely than beholding the face of Jesus. Yeah. There's not one thing. And the more you, the closer you are to the Lord, the more you glow. Mm -hmm. And just the more, I mean, 
I don't know how many young men have come up to me and say, I found my wife in the place of worship. Or I found my husband. He was on stage. He was uh, the guy that was putting it all together. He was, he, he was you know, officiating the, the Announcements. deal. The announce, whatever it is. Was it? Is that true? My husband did such good announcements before we got married. Is that true? But, but uh, seriously, when you worship the Lord like that, you glow. Yeah. And that glow is, attracts attention. And, uh, you know, men, they'll, they're like a largemouth bass. They'll hit anything that glitters, right? And so, like, <laughs> so, <clears throat> like that. <clears throat> and that's about all, folks. <clears throat> well, I think we uh, might want to revise that growth plan for our church after that little comment. But anyway, we love you guys. And uh, we'll change from good to great to anything that glitters. <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? It's okay to laugh in church, right? Well, I want to pray. Are we ready for that? Um, well, for those of you that are married, I want to just challenge you during these four weeks, okay? I want to challenge you um, to up your game a little because research has found that um, we need to have sex every 72 hours for married couples. And so I just want to give you permission to go ahead and go for it, okay? <laughs> this is an exercise in intimacy this is an exercise in love and so let's just go ahead and begin to get in the rhythm of 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 having fun whatever this is going to be great y'all are going to love this but anyway, that's so week three <laughs> you're jumping three. ahead i know i didn't but i want you to start getting getting in the rhythm and beginning to see you know that, that's one of the beauties of, that's be, one of the beauties of the oneness of, of the spirit of marriage. And so um, I want to give you permission to go ahead and get in the spirit of marriage. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So you want to pray? I do want to pray. All right. I want to pray with you. Okay. Let's pray. Okay. Father, we thank you for marriage. We thank you for your original plan and design. And Lord, we... We really do. I know we're cutting up quite a bit, but we really do um, love this institution, Lord, this covenant um, for so many reasons, Lord. Thank you for women. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us these beautiful, soft, wonderful, nurturing, just amazing beings, Lord, uh, that, you know, it's so much. I love your design. I, I agree with you that it wasn't as good as it is now. Uh, to have us separate but together. So, Lord, we thank you for that. I pray for every couple in here, Lord. If there's anyone struggling right now, I pray that you would give them communication skills just to talk to each other and be real with one another. I pray that they'd, if there's any striving where they're really operating against one another, I pray that you would put them on the same team, go in the same direction, moving toward your promises uh, over marriage. I pray that you'd... Um, Give them a heart to forgive. Lord, let them be the first one to the cross in their marriage. And all of those, Lord, that are um, considering, you know, uh, marriage, I pray that you would begin to 
build their dreams high, Lord, that they could set the standards high. Give them a, a strength for purity and the waiting, Lord. And all of those, Lord, who are single that really desire to be married, I pray that you, again, just, um, just have that special relationship with them, Lord, that they would shine, that they would glow uh, while, they, uh, while it's just the two of you, and that they would learn intimacy um, and just in that loving place with you. Yeah, and Father, I do, I just thank you um, for husbands. I thank you, um, God, for that they are the masculine image of who you are and their strength and their courage um, and their love just helps to cover and protect us and keep us safe. Um, Father, I just thank you. Father, even for the single men in here, God, would you um, restore hope in their hearts for the future um, of a mate, of a helpmate? And, um, and I thank you, Lord, for every single in this, in our church. I just ask that their hearts would be filled with hope, that their hearts would be comforted, and knowing that you, God, are working on their behalf. And I just pray, God, that you would visit them and just begin to pour your love out and your grace out on them. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' we pray. name. Amen. Amen.